0: Luke 21, let's go to Luke 21, verse 25, Luke 21, verse 25, let's turn there, if you would please, Luke 21, verse 25, and you need to realize that these verses here that we're going to read are in the context of the end times, the end times, you know we're living in the end times, aren't we? I mean, I, I mean, just you can look in the Bible and look at the signs of the end times and then look around and see that we're living in the end times. And so you need to realize that these two verses that we're going to read here, Luke 21, verse 25 and 26, these are in the context of what's going to be going on in the end times, in the times in which we live right now. The, Jesus said there will be signs in the sun, the moon, the stars... Now watch this. And on the earth, on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring, and actually that is making reference to people. In the Bible, when you see the sea and the waves, it sometimes it refers to the actual ocean, but oftentimes it refers to people, and you see distress of nations. Perplexity. How many of you know there's a lot of nations in distress? Including this one in which we live. And people are perplexed. And there's much roaring going on. The sea and the waves roaring. You know, this. And then notice verse 26. Men's, and this applies to women too, men's hearts failing them from what? Fear. From fear. That means People, their heart's failing them. Heart attacks. Dying young. Why? From what? From what? From what? From fear. And the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. I mean, the Bible teaches us there's some terrible and awesomely rough things that lie ahead. And the Bible says, Jesus said, the powers of the heavens will be what? Will be shaken. Men's hearts, women's hearts, failing them from what? From fear. fear. I want to talk to you today about facing fear. Facing fear. We're going to talk about fear and, and peace. And I think this will be helpful to all of us because all of us, at one time or another, face fear. How many has faced fear besides me? And uh, facing fear, how do you do it? What does the Bible tell us to do? I'm going to share some things with you that I think will help you. But you know as well as I do, there's all kinds of fear. There's fear of heights, there's fear of falling. Uh you know, I'll be honest with you, when we went to Niagara Falls and I walked in that room and they had me up on the 48th floor or whatever it was. And I kept telling Diane, I said, why don't let's move down? Let's move down. Let's move down. I'd be happy on about the 20th floor or the 9th floor. They had us way up there. You opened up your hotel and there's a big window at the far end. And you look right down into the Harshoe Falls. You know, there's there's really two Niagara Falls. You know, there's the one on the American side, which is beautiful, and the one on the Canadian side is really pretty. It's horseshoe. And you walk out, you walk in through that door, and you see. I mean, it's like you're, the closer you get to that window, actually, Pastor Diane, she goes right over it just, you know, and I walk in the door, and I get down on my knees, and hands and knees, and I kind of crawl, crawl over it. And we went to the Royal Gorge. How many's ever been there? And they got that, and, and that bridge across. And she's leaning over taking pictures, you know, and I'm standing in the middle wanting to just kind of crawl across it, you know. So these, you know, we face these things. Some people have fear of closed-in places. Some people have fear of crowds. I know I went to one football game in my whole life. Somebody gave me tickets to the Rams when they were... Going on their charge to the Super Bowl, and I did not think I was going to get out alive. I mean, with the, the I didn't think I was going to be able to get about from here to that door back there. It's just a mass and a crush and a press of people. Some people, some people have a fear of flying. <laughs> some people do. And then there's some people fear snakes. Some fear spiders and. See, now I like spiders. Don't bother me. But, you know, I've said it for years. You bring a snake in here, I'm going to get a garden hoe and have my wife kill it. I, 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 I just don't like snakes. We were, we were dating, and I came out of the door uh, of the apartment. We, her and me were dating, and, and it was in an apartments, Green uh, Greenmar Apartments. And we walked out, There's a little garter snake, you know. And I'm just, <laughs> and she goes over and picks the thing up. And I'm wondering if this is the girl for me, you know. My gosh. And uh, how many remembers on Indiana Jones when he looked down in there and he said, Why, why does it have to be snakes? You know, it could have been anything. But you know, his dad had a fear of rats. Is that right? These, you know, and we, and, and you know, we joke about these things. And, but you know what? I tell you what, you can become afraid and it can paralyze you. And so I know we laugh about it, and I laugh right along with you, but in one sense, it's really not a laughing matter when these things grip you and paralyze you and keep you from functioning in everyday life. There's some people, they're afraid to leave their house. Did you know that? They're afraid to leave their house. Uh, Some people, sickness and disease, they're they're afraid uh, uh, that that's going to come on them and shorten their life and kill them. And, you know, as I had studied the Bible over the many years, I, you know, what do we read here? Men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. I always, you know, kind of figured that the Lord was going to rapture us out of here before we had to face anything. And, you know, the more I study the Bible, now there's no question in my heart that there's going to be a rapture of the church. And there's no question in my heart that the Lord's going to get us out of here before the worst of of before the tribulation begins. Don't misunderstand me. I still believe the Lord's going to rapture us before the 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 really bad stuff happens and the tribulation begins, but I do think that we're going to have to face some things before the rapture takes place. And and I think if we think that we're just going to, you know, just just fly away and not ever have to face anything, I think we're we're, we're, uh, we're missing it. We're going to have to face some stuff. Now, I want to make it clear. I believe in a rapture of the church. I believe we're going to be raptured before the worst of what's coming comes. Before the tribulation begins. I believe we're going to be raptured out before that. But even before the tribulation, there's some fearful things that are coming on the earth. There's fearful things going on out there in this world right now that we have to face. And we need to be armed with the Word of God and know how to face them so that we don't become paralyzed and our hearts fail us. And Huh? I mean, you've got terrorist attacks, attempted terrorist attacks right and and don't think that they're not going to keep trying to hit this country huh financial fears people who are fearful of losing their jobs and people who've lost their jobs now they're fearful of am i going to lose my house i mean these are things that people face is fearful and we need to realize that in these fearful situations God doesn't want us to be paralyzed. He doesn't want our hearts to fail us. Amen. Amen. You remember in Matthew 25:25, 25, 25, turn over there, Matthew 25:25. Do you remember that Jesus gave that parable about the talents and he handed out many well, I guess he gave three people that he talked about that he gave different talents to. And the first guy did something with his talent. The second guy did something with his talent. But the third one didn't do anything with his talent. And notice Matthew 25, 25 We see why he didn't do anything with his talent. Jesus told us in this parable, this third person said, I was what? I was, I was what? I was what? I was afraid. And went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. And as you read on, you see the Lord wasn't pleased. But what locked locked this guy up? What paralyzed him and kept him from doing anything with his talent? It was fear. I never accomplished all that I could have accomplished in the game of golf. When I was a youngster, I was a pretty good golfer. I I probably could have been a professional golfer. I I couldn't have been a a tour player up on the top end. I could have probably made a living out there. Uh, I certainly could have been an excellent just local amateur. But I never pursued it. Do you know why? It's because I was afraid that when I got up on the first tee that I was going to hit a bad shot. And that people would think ill of me or think bad of me. And I was afraid. I, also, I was afraid of losing, not performing well. And so rather than have to face that fear, I've been, it was so bad that I had a, a golf professional open his checkbook up when I was... Uh, 15 years old. He opened his... Because he'd seen me play. And he opened his checkbook up. I'll never forget it. And he said, Terry, anything you want to play in, I'll finance it. I'll pay for it. Anything you want to do. Any tournament you want to play in, anywhere you want to go, I'll pay for it. You know, I passed it up. You know why I passed it up? I was afraid. I'm telling you, it can paralyze you. And and to the point that you never develop... In the talent that God has given you. I mean, I'd go take tests. I still remember when I'd take tests as a student. I used to be afraid of failing. Does anybody relate to me with that? And, and sometimes I'd know that material so well. And they, that test where they'd pass them back. And when it came to me. And you'd look at it. You'd just lock up. Has anybody ever gone through that besides me? And this fellow here was paralyzed by fear. And I think that we need to realize something. And, uh, and, and one reason I want to teach you how to, how to face fear is in Job 3.25. Notice Job 3.25. There's a great truth here. Look at Job 3.25. How many of you remember Job? And, and some bad things came on him. Is that Right? And and he makes a statement here, and and there's a truth in it. Uh, Listen to this. And this is a reason why we need to get a handle on on this thing about fear and, and face it and overcome it. He said this. He said, for the thing I what? I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. We need to be watchful about fear. One person said that fear will activate the devil just like faith will activate God. I believe there's some truth in that. Now, now in fairness, I do believe that, because I've seen it, that there's been people that have feared certain things all of their life and it never happened to them. You need to understand that. So there's a tr- there's a truth here, but I'm not saying it's... It, I mean, it's true that Job said that, but I, I, I don't want to make you further fearful by, oh my gosh, if I'm afraid of that, it's for sure going to happen to me. I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is is that we need to be watchful about fearful situations and, and being fearful of things because I do believe there's a truth in that if we are fearful concerning something, we can open the door for that thing to more easily come our way. I do believe there's a truth there. Did you you get what I just said? So if we're we're, uh, afraid of certain things, we need to, as we'll see as we go on, we need to face these things. Face them. And overcome them. And walk above them. And not be paralyzed. But be strong and courageous. God wants us to be strong and courageous. There's a scripture in the book of Revelation, I don't have it in my notes, but it's just strong in my heart, where the Bible says that, that talks about, gives a list of people that don't that, that are, don't make it into the heavenly city. And the first one on the list is the cowardly. God does not want us to be cowardly. Did you hear me? Now you need to realize this, that... We are not, as Christians, we are not exempted from fearful situations. There's things we're going to have to face. There's fears we have to face. We're not exempted from fearful situations. But even though we're not exempted from fearful situations, God has told us in His Word how to face fearful situations and how to overcome them And I've listed some things here that I just want to give you. If you're taking notes, you can write these down and and, and meditate on them. Meditate on these scriptures. I think that they'll be a great help to you. They're scriptures that I use to help overcome fear and fearful situations that I face. And let's begin in 2 Timothy 1 and 7. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. First, here's what we must realize and know. That God does not want us to be afraid. Can, can, did you hear what I just said? What did I just say? Does he does not want us to be afraid. You need to realize that. It's not His will for us to be afraid. He has not given us a spirit of fear. Look at what the Bible says here in 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now that's a good one to write down and meditate on and think on. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Now we're going to see in one of the scriptures, we're going to look up in just a few minutes, the Bible says that fear has torment. And we know that the Bible says that there's a spirit of fear. Did you know that spirit of fear, if you let it, it will torment you? And it will work on your mind to the point that it will drive you crazy if you let it. Now, I hate to have to admit these things to you, but it'll help you. I think if you can see that the the preachers had to deal with these things, maybe it'd be more helpful to you. But there's been times where where that spirit of fear, where I've given it place in my life, and I'll actually lay on the bed and just almost shake and just... Huh? I hate to have to admit that to you, but that'll be helpful to you. I wonder if anybody... You don't have to raise your hand, but I wonder if there's anybody ever been there besides me. To the point where you th- you were so fearful that, that, that you, you thought you were going to go crazy. That's a spirit of fear. And it will torment you. To the point that if you let it, it can drive you crazy. Take all your peace completely away from you. Does God want us in that condition? No. no. Has He given us a spirit of fear? No. no. He's given us what? A spirit of what? Power and love and of a sound mind. You know, about 365 times in the Bible, I've never counted them up. Somebody said that there was, somebody actually said there was 365 times in the Bible where the Bible says, fear not. One for every day of the year. Now, I've never counted them up. You could, that would be a good exercise for you to do. But I do know this again and again, when Jesus would show up on the scene and the disciples would be in a very fearful situation, what did Jesus say to them? He said, fear not. Didn't he? He said that. And and then so firstly, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Secondly, look at Hebrews 2.14. Hebrews 2.14, let's go there. And we're going to see that not only, has, not only does God not want us to be afraid, but He has set us free from the ultimate fear. You know what the ultimate fear is? Fear of death. Actually, that fear kind of, kind of lays at the root of all the others. Notice right here Hebrews 2.14. In as much then as the the children, we've partaken of flesh and blood. He himself, Jesus talking about, likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. And watch this. Release those who through what? Fear of death were all their lifetimes subject to bondage. See, fear will put you in bondage. That spirit of fear, uh, spirit of fear will torment you. It will put you in bondage. And really, the fear of death really sits as, at the root of all the other fears. And you need to realize that He set us free from the fear of death. Now, if you're not saved, now, if you're here today and you're not saved, you need to be afraid of dying. You need to be scared silly of that. Did you hear me? Because hell awaits. I'm not saying that to scare you, but I am saying that to scare you. Did you get what I just said? And and the book of Jude says that most people, and the Bible says that most people you're going to win to the Lord through the goodness of God. But there are some people that won't respond to the goodness of God. So the Bible says in the book of Jude that you hold, you use fear to get them saved. And if I could get a sinner saved by by preaching hell to them and and, and getting them afraid of going to hell and they'll get saved, I'll do it because the Bible says do it, you see. But I'll tell you the truth. The only person on the earth that really needs to be afraid is the person that's not saved. The, The Christian the person that's repented of their sins and, and, and made Jesus the Lord of their life, there's nothing for us to fear. What's the ultimate fear? Fear of death. And Jesus has set us free from that. Because when, when Christian dies, things get better. Huh? Amen. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Paul said, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far greater and far better. Amen. So God has not given us a spirit of fear. Secondly, He set us free from the ultimate fear through what Jesus has done for us. And then thirdly, Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43 verse 1. I want you to know this. Now, have we been exempted from fearful situations? No. No, we haven't. But you know what? God has promised to be with us in the midst of them. Now, look at Isaiah 43, verse 1. Look at Isaiah 43, verse 1. But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel. Well, we're spiritual Israel, aren't we? If we're saved, if we've accepted Jesus. Notice what he says. Fear what? Fear, Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. For I have redeemed you. See, He set us free from that fear of death. He has redeemed us from, from, you know, death. You know, spiritual death. Now, we're going to all have to die physically if the rapture doesn't take place in our time, our lifetime. But when a Christian dies physically, spirit leaves the body, angels take you right in the presence of God. Nothing to be afraid of, is there? I said there's nothing to be afraid of, is there? Fear not. For I have redeemed you. I've called you by your name. You are mine. Now that's comforting, isn't it? God knows your name and He said that we belong to Him. And then He says, when you pass through the waters. Well, the waters. what if the waters are raging? Well, He said, I'll be what? I'll be with you. Isn't that good to know? And through the rivers, the flooding rivers, they shall not what? Overflow you. And when you walk through the... fire, Are we exempted from fearful situations? No, we might have to walk through the fires of life. You shall not be... Burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. I believe another way we could say that is you won't won't even smell a smoke. Isn't that wonderful? For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, friends, let's meditate this one. Let's meditate these three verses. He'll be with us in the midst of the fearful situation. Yeah, pastor, I've lost my job. The Lord's with you. Yeah, pastor, they're going to come take my house. Well, the Lord's with you. He'll provide for you. Huh? Huh? He'll be with you. Remember what the 23rd Psalm says? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. As long as He's with us, we do not have to be afraid. But I do want to say something to you that you need to get a hold of. Just two people I want you to think about Peter and Jairus. Peter and Jairus. Let's start with Peter. There's a storm going on. Peter and the disciples are in the boat. And uh, Jesus comes walking on the water. And Peter says, Lord, if that's you, bid me come. And Jesus said, come. Right? And Peter walked down and he's walking on the water. Is that right? How many remembers that? Now, Jesus is standing right there with him. Is that right? And he's walking on the water. Now, is Jesus standing right there with him? Yeah, and all of a sudden now the wind, I mean the wind is, the wind's been blowing all the time. The wind didn't just start blowing, it was blowing for a long time. But he has his eyes on Jesus and he stepped out on that word, come. And he's walking on the water. And is Jesus standing right there with him? Yeah. But you know what? The Bible says he saw the wind boisterous and he took his eyes off of Jesus. Jesus standing right there and he gets his eyes on the storm, and you know what the Bible says? He began to, with Jesus standing right there. Why did I share that with you? Because you need to realize this, even though Jesus is with us, it's still up to us whether or not we're going to give in to a spirit of fear. Huh? Did you get that? Now let's look at Jairus. Remember Jairus? His little daughter, 12 years old, is about to die. He comes to Jesus says, Lord, come, my daughter's at the point of death. Jesus takes off. And then there's a woman with the issue of blood. Detained Jesus there for a little bit. And then by the time Jesus is ready to go to Jairus' house, word comes, trouble Jesus no further. Trouble the master no further. Your little daughter is dead. That's bad news, isn't it? Do you remember what Jesus said? He said, fear not, only believe. See, it was up to Jairus now what he's going to do. So even though Jesus is standing right there, we still have to make a decision to fear not. And he made, a, you know, he made a decision to fear not. Jairus, I'm not going to fear. He believed, and they went over to his house. And you know what? When he got over there, Jesus and Jairus, Peter, James, and John, they get over to Jairus' house, and there were people mourning and wailing and going on. Remember that? You remember? The Bible says Jesus put them all out. One thing I'll tell you about fear and a spirit of fear, it is contagious. And if you hang around with other people that are... It'll get off on you. I said it'll get off on you. I said it'll get off on you. See, I, 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 I hate to have to admit this stuff to you, but I mean there was a couple of flights ago <laughs> that we were, <laughs> we were... <laughs> I'm getting better right? But we were sitting there, and I know it's safe to fly and all that, but I'm just, it's something I have to deal with, you know? Uh, and, and it had got, it, it, we were waiting to come back, and the plane was out there, and it, it, it had, it, I I gave in to the spirit of fear. And it got to the point that Pastor Diane wanted to get away from me. And so when it was time to go onto the plane, she went first, and they detained me to to search me. <laughs> You have to worry about me blowing anything up, I'll tell you that. But she went on. She got away from me, and I got angry at her. I said, Why did you? And then when I got on the plane, she was sitting where she wouldn't have to sit with me. <laughs> and I found out later why because that nasty thing that I'd given myself over to, she didn't want to get that jump off on her. And so I was sitting with this other lady and her husband. <laughs> and I didn't say much. But she did say this to me as we're, as we're landing and we come to the, where the plane is stopped. You know, it's, it's not stopped, but it's, it's done, its, its, it's taxing back to the, <laughs> to the terminal. And, the, and, and I said to the lady, I said, this is my favorite part of the flight. Taxiing back to the terminal. And uh, she said, well, we sure know one thing. You're not related to the Wright brothers. (laughs) 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 But the point is, see, I had given in to that. that. How many can relate to what I'm talking about? Maybe it's not flying with you. Maybe it's something else. But we all have our things to face. And there's things out there in the world that I'm not trying to be doom and gloom, but I'm telling you, we're in the last days. Things are not going to get any better out there. Fearful situations. We're going to be able need to be able to face them. And so what am I saying? Even though Jesus is with us, it's still up to us whether or not we're going give, to give in to the spirit of fear. And I tell you, on this last, this last trip we went on, I, I, I meditated these scriptures, and, and I tell you what, it was a lot better. Praise God, I'm getting better, amen? I'm overcoming it, amen? Amen. And eventually I'll fly around the world and preach the gospel, amen? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? And then, in the time I have left, I just want to say a few more things. As it pertains to facing fear, it's the perception of a thing. If you're taking notes, it's the perception of a thing. How you perceive it. Did you get what I just said now? How you perceive it. See, to some people, flying is no big deal because they they perceive it a certain way. It's no big deal. They get on the jet and by the time the engines roar, they're sound asleep. does not bother. Other people, it bothers. Huh? It's the perception of a thing. Do you remember when when, uh, the Israelites, when they were facing Jericho? How many remembers that? And they had went to spy out the land and they came back and brought report and said, we're like grasshoppers compared to those. We, we, we don't have a chance. How many remembers that? But when the truth came out and, and they talked to Rahab, Rahab, remember what she said? She said, we're afraid of you guys and we're afraid of your God. Did, did you get what I just said? In other words, the Israelites were afraid of the inhabitants of Jericho, but the truth of the matter was, is the people in Jericho were scared silly of the people of God and, and their God. You need to understand this about the devil. He tries to make us think that, you know, he's so bad and ugly and this and that and the other. And I'm not, I mean, he, you know, I, I, look, he, he he's a viable opponent and all that, but you need to realize Jesus defeated him. And he's a defeated foe. And if, we'll know, if we know who we are in Christ, he's no match for us. And if you'll know the truth of the matter, the devil's far more afraid of us than we ever need to be afraid of him. We don't have to be afraid of him at all. Amen. Now, something happened just the other day. There was a fearful situation I was dealing with and the devil was tormenting, tormenting, trying to torment me. And you know what? I went and got the Bible and I started reading to him. You know where he's going to spend eternity? Yeah in the lake of fire, and He left me alone. That thing went away. Amen? See, it's the Word of God. It's certain that He's going to spend eternity in the lake of fire, the Bible says, being tormented. But you know what? We have a bright future ahead of us. But you see, we don't need to be afraid of the devil. He tries to make us afraid of him, and roar, and all of that, and roar, and all of that. But you know what? Let me tell you something about... The devil. Can I tell you something about him? Hollywood paints him to be an awesome figure. But you know what the Bible says when we finally get to see him in that pit? You know what we're going to say? Was that, was that the, was that the guy that caused all the problem? We don't need to be afraid of the devil. We don't need to be afraid of him. And demons. Can you say amen? Amen. We don't need to be afraid. But it's the perception of a thing. Like David and Goliath. Remember the giant Goliath? How many remembers the the giant? And remember all of Saul's army, including Saul, they were scared silly of Goliath. Is that right? But, But David, it's a perception of a thing. He wasn't afraid of the giant. You know, I can't find where... David ever called Goliath a giant. He called him an uncircumcised Philistine. You know what that means? David was looking at him and saw that, you know what, this, this this guy does not have a covenant with God. And I do, bless God. How many remembers that? And all of those other soldiers, they were cowardly and they were fearful. But David, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That defies the army of the living God. I took down the lion. I took down the bear at the hand of God. And I'll take down this uncircumcised Philistine. Just the way I took those down. Glory to God. I can sense the anointing on me. Glory to God. Praise God. Did you hear me? And you know something else? David did. He prophesied to the giant. The giant kept defying and he prophesied. He said, I'm going to take you down. I'm going to take you down. You come at me with a sword and a spear, but I'm going to take you down with the name of the Lord. Amen? Amen. I would I'd advise you to start talking to your situation that you're dealing with. Start quoting the word like I went and read the Bible to that tormenting spirit the other day that was trying to put fear on me. And I began to read, just read out loud, where the devil's going to spend eternity. And I tell you what, he'll, he'll leave you alone. Start prophesying to the situation. Start speaking to it. You've got victory. Praise God. Did you hear me? And David faced the giant. He faced it. He faced the giant. And I've learned this through experience. Really, it's like flying. The only way I get free of it is to walk on that plane and sit down. And say, Blessed be the name of the Lord God. Hallelujah. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. He's given His angels charge over me to bear me up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And then, fifthly, go to 1 John 4. I hope this is helping you today. Because this is something if you're human and you're breathing, you deal with. And everybody has their own deal that they deal with. First John four eighteen. Here's something really this, this next one here is is just priceless. Because notice this first John four eighteen. There is no fear in love. But perfect love, what does perfect love do? cast out fear because fear has or involves what torment didn't we tell you that fear will tor- it'll torment you but he who fears now watch this he who fears has not been made perfect in love now this of all the things i'm going to talk to you about today just a few just a few, little longer here this right here probably should have the most stars put around it you know what I mean by put stars around it, underline it, highlight it? This right here is the biggest thing that, that we can do to walk free of fear. What does the Bible say? There is no fear in what? In love. This is talking about the God kind of love. But what does perfect love, what does the God kind of love do? It casts out fear. Fear involves torment. Now watch this. He who fears has not been made perfect in love. Now, what does this tell me? This tells me, now listen, rather than going around trying to not be afraid, what do you do? You go around developing yourself in love and as a result, it does what? It casts out the fear. And this scripture is true of me. It's true of anybody. If there's fear there, you're given into it. I'm not talking about you're in a fearful situation and, and you, you, you feel fear. That, that's just that's going to happen to anybody. But I'm talking about you're given into it and it's tormenting you. What, ha- what have we just found out? You have not been made perfect in love. Whether it's you or me, it's the same for both. So how do we really ultimately overcome fear? We develop ourselves in the love of God. And just by developing ourselves in the love of God, what does it do? It casts out fear. Here's a sixth thing you can do. Colossians 3.15. These are things I, I, I do and I've been doing them more and more. Colossians 3.15. Notice what the Bible says Let the peace of God rule in your hearts And I tell you what If you got the peace of God If you're walking in the love of God You're going to have the peace of God But notice What does the Bible say Does it say that the peace of God Will automatically rule in your heart No you're going to have That big word there is L-E-T What does that spell Let You're going to have to let the peace of God rule You're going to have to let it rule that's easier said than done, but it can be done because God wouldn't ask us to do something we couldn't do. So we have to let the peace of God rule in your heart. Let's give place to the peace of God. Let's develop ourselves in love. And then when that spirit of fear presents itself, even though Jesus is right there with us, let's don't give in to the spirit of fear, but let, let us let the peace of God rule. Amen? Remember what John 14.1 says? Remember what Jesus said in John 14.1? Look at it very quickly. John 14.1, He said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. But you see, there's a part for us to play here. Let not your heart be troubled. You have a choice in the matter. So again, I want to say it, even though we've developed ourselves in love, and even though Jesus is right there with us, when that fearful situation presents itself, oh, we might feel fear, but we don't need to give in to it, because uh, the Bible says, see, we have to do something, what is it? We have to let not our heart be troubled. It's, It's a decision we have to make. You okay? Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let not your heart be troubled. See, we still have to make that ultimate decision. And then, lastly, go to Isaiah 26.3. Isaiah 26.3. Turn there. Notice this. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Listen to me, dear friends. You're not going to be able to sit and watch television and watch things that are programmed to put fear in you and expect to walk free from fear. That's right. I noticed this when we were on uh, vacation a couple of weeks ago. There was a certain news channel that, that we, we got down in where we were, where we were vacationing, and there's a certain news channel. And I mean, the more I watched it, They're programming, because you see, they come on there, and I'm just telling you, they try to put fear into you. You need to be watchful. I'm not saying we shouldn't watch news, but what I am saying is don't watch it to the point where where it saturates you. Rather than do that, why don't you just turn that? I'm not saying we don't need to be aware of what's going on in the world. We do need to be aware of what's going on in the world. But we don't need to listen to the same stuff over and over and over. Turn it off. Get your Bible out and stay your mind on God. Did you hear me? Look at Philippians 4 6. Look at Philippians 4 6. Where do we need to keep our mind on God? On the Word of God. Where do we need to keep our mind? On God, on the Word of God. Where do we need to keep our mind? On who? God. And his word. Is that right? Guys, we're gonna have to do this. We're gonna have to do this, or I'm telling you, this the, the world we're living in, we're gonna have to do this. Be anxious for a couple of things. Philippians 4, 6. Worry about don't worry about anything except your mortgage payment. Is that what it says? Now look, do we need to be good planners? Yeah. yeah, do we need to work and all that? Yeah, but here's saying, don't worry about anything. Nothing, no reason to worry. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, oh, uh-oh, there it is, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Well, in order to get to the peace of God, we have to make a decision to not worry about anything. And then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. And then finally, brethren, whatever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any praiseworthiness, what does he tell us to do? Meditate on these things. And then Paul said something, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. Paul faced some stuff, didn't he? And in the midst of all his perils, he thought on these things. And the peace of God came on him. And he he said this, he said, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. Amen? Praise God. Glory to God. Do we need to be afraid of the devil? No. no. Do we need to be afraid of man? No. no. You know, there's only one person we need to be afraid of. Look at Matthew. I, I, I just need to get this in Matthew 10:28. Put that on the screen, would you? Matthew 10:28. Notice what Jesus said. Matthew 10:28. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear Him. Who is able to destroy both soul and body. Where? In hell. Jesus said that. So we don't need to be afraid of man nor beast or the devil. Is that right? The only one we need to to have fear of is God Himself. And do you know God? Now listen to me. God doesn't want us to fear Him. (laughs) Huh? He's our Heavenly Father. Is that right? And He wants us to have a respect of Him. Right, but I want to tell you something else. And, and I've always maintained this, and it served me well. That even though I know God doesn't want me afraid of Him, you know, like that, He wants me to that, you know, that fearing God means a total respect and awe and respect. But I tell you what, one thing I've always done, it served me well. There is a part of me that fears God, and I think it's healthy. He is God. And He is to be respected and He is to be honored. And I tell you what, the Bible says in these days in which we live, there is no fear of God before their eyes. And you know, when there's no fear of God, it leads to lawlessness. And I think we ought to all maintain a healthy fear of God. And when we miss it, when we sin, when I miss it, when I, when I miss it... How many ever missed it since they got saved besides me? I'm telling you, there's a fear that's about me... That I've got to get this right. I have got to repent of this. I have got to confess it. I, I, I don't... Do you understand what I'm talking about? There's a judgment seat of Christ... Where we have to give account to the Lord... For the things we've done in our body... Whether good or bad... And I tell you what, we're going to be tried by that fire one day. And I tell you what, when, when, I, when, I, when I go, I want to be sure that any sins that I've committed, I've repented of them, I've confessed them, and that they've been washed away by the blood of Jesus. I don't want them coming up at the judgment seat. The Bible says, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, talking about the judgment seat for Christians. See, we often talk about the sinner being judged and being cast into the lake of fire. But the Christians are going to be judged also. And that's, the Bible talks about that being a terrifying event. We need to be sure that we're living holy before the Lord. That we've anything that's in our life that's there that shouldn't be there, we need to repent of it. And ask Him to forgive us. And He will. He's the only one we need to be afraid of. But the good news is, is He's our great Heavenly Father. Hebrews 13:6 write this one down and this is the last one. I know I went just a little longer today but so many people face this. Hebrews 13:6 that we may boldly say what do we boldly say? The Lord, the Lord is my helper I will not fear what can man do to me? Ultimately what's the only thing man can do to us? Kill us. But if we're saved where do we go? To heaven, let's say that boldly. say, the Lord is my helper, the Lord is my I, will I will not fear. What can man do to me? Do? Let's stand in the presence of, of the Lord while the ushers get the communion and quickly pass it out. Let's say that again boldly, The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my I, will not fear. I will not fear. What can man do to me? One more time. The Lord is my helper. helper. I will not fear. fear. What can man do to me? me? Now, as you stand there in the presence of the Lord, as they pass out the communion elements, go ahead and take a juice and a...